On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcasts platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello, this is The Left Wing. Well, the Ireland team to play France in Friday's Six Nations opener in Marseille has been named. The top lines are Joe McCarthy starts in the second row alongside Tyg Byrne. James Ryan is on the bench. Calvin Nash is on the right wing. No Gary Ringrose. He picked up a shoulder injury. Bundy Aki and Robbie Henshaw are in the centre. Jack Crowley is at out half. Andy Farrell has gone with a 6-2 split on the bench. Rory O'Connor is in Portugal where the Ireland team are having their pre-Six Nations camp. A lot of talking points there, Rory. Let's start, though, with Joe McCarthy Andy Farrell unleashing him for his first Six Nations start his form this season with Leinster has been undeniable this is a really exciting call yeah, we were talking about it just there before the press conference. You know, people will complain that there's not enough kind of new faces in a Six Nations squad. But really, you can't think of any player other than Joe McCarthy and maybe Ryan Baird from the players who played kind of significant roles at the World Cup who have been battering down the door. And, and you know, they both get their reward. Ryan Baird is named on the bench and Joe McCarthy is deservedly picked in the in, in the second row. And I, I did a piece earlier in the week. I got on to, our, uh, to Stats Perform and got all the stats and he leads the way in the contact zone of all of the Irish second rows. And he's, basically forcing Henderson out of the out of the 23 which is a big big call you know Henderson started that World Cup quarter, quarterfinal against New Zealand he started the games uh, the game against Scotland as well he was calling the line out at the World Cup and now we've gone with a completely different um pairing and a player who you know in my opinion will be the cornerstone of the Irish pack for the next de- next decade if he can stay free of injury because he is so robust so big so strong so aggressive he'll give away penalties but he is what the you know he's the kind of player that Irish rugby has spent fortunes on over the years bringing in from South Africa and New Zealand and um, now we that you know he's been made made in Black Rock and and come through the system and you know he offers Ireland such a different profile in and around the set piece in and around the mall, you know, his scrummaging, he brings great power. He's listed as one, one, two kilos on the, uh, 
on the official statistics, he's much heavier than that. He's, he's must be packing down at least 120 now, which is kind of the ideal weight for a tight head lock. So it's an interesting call. I, I kind of expected them to go with James Ryan alongside him because they're, you know, they're provincial partners. They play together all the time. That would offer him a bit of comfort. I kind of thought they might go towards what they did in, in, in Bordeaux for that opening World Cup game when they went with uh, Ty Byrne at six and Omani at seven. But instead, they've gone with Byrne in the second row alongside McCarthy. He'll call the lineouts, And then the captain, Peter Omani, he stays at six with Josh van der Fleer holding on to his spot but the 6-2 is another really interesting element yeah. because they've never done that before yeah I, I was trying to think that I can't it, I can't ever remember an Ireland head coach going with the 6-2 no no and they're kind of late to the party on it they've kind of held the line for a long time on, on being a 5-3 team and they almost seem proud of that in the last World Cup cycle and Andy Farrell was asked about it in the press conference just there and he said the uh, you know it's just right for this game they want to finish with a really strong athletic pack on the pitch and that makes a lot of sense and you look at the players that they're bringing off like Ryan Baird has been terrorising lineouts um, up and down the country over over Christmas he's been one of Leinster's best players this season you've got Jack Conan the, the Lions number 8 you know you, you know whether O'Mahony can go 80 they've got comfort to bring off um, to bring him off they've got James Ryan huge experience one of the most experienced players in the squad now James Ryan to come out come on with this calm and his industry and it's probably with a point to prove as well like he won't be happy being left out of this starting team he was dropped during the World Cup as well so that's a big um, big uh, snub for him so he'll be coming on with a point to prove just like Josh van der Fleer was in, in La Rochelle a couple of weeks ago um, you have a dynamic front row I know Keane Heady's um, you know the elder statesman but like they've no game for nine days Andrew Porter can probably go 80 here if they need him to you know this is going to be an all hands on deck job because the, the, you know it's a Friday night kickoff and the next game isn't until the following Sunday against Italy and the scope to change things there, so it's it's a strong looking Ireland team. The, the, you know, and we will see France in a, in a little while, but we're expecting a, a very strong French team. Obviously, both teams missing missing their talisman, and I think where the doubts around Ireland are surrounding Jack Rowley at out half and Calvin Nash on the wing because they're so improving. They're both very good players. You know, I, I expect them to have good games, but until we see it, I think there's uh, there's still going yeah. To question and mark there. Um, James Ryan has said on the bench that is a blow for him, and he's going to be pretty pumped when he comes on. No. Ian Henderson um, we'll get into that in a moment as well uh, Calvin Ash has said in there there were other contenders in the running there too Jordan Larma had been going well with Leinster you'd suggested a move for Gary Ringrose to the wing but Gary doesn't make the squad at all so there's he picked up a shoulder injury when did this happen? In Leinster's game, last game against Leicester he picked up the injury came over a little bit hurt and he's flown home he, he didn't get through training and he flew home yesterday with a couple of the um, the kind of training panellists um, I think Sam Prendergast Ollie Yeager and Keane Prendergast have gone have gone back as well so um, it's a like it's a significant blow Gary Reynolds has been a really important player for Ireland you know Henshaw is obviously a very good replacement but he's not like he's played very well for Ireland at 13 you wouldn't have huge concerns and him and Aki have a, a very established relationship but in his 30s now Robbie Henshaw he maybe doesn't have the, the top end speed that he once had albeit France maybe you know they're very powerful, um, contact-driven mid- midfield. Yeah. Maybe he won't be tested in the same way as, as some of the other teams defensively. But it's a big day for Henshaw. Henshaw, you know, he had a couple of injuries at the World Cup. He's lost. You know, he wasn't first choice at that tournament. He lost his place to Aki. So he's got a chance now. And Andy Farrell has shown if you play well, you keep the jersey. He's got a chance now to, to own that 13 slot through the Six Nations if he plays well. So and he's like, you know, he's one of being you know, one of Ireland's best players for a decade now. And and I've, you'd have no fear about him. Um, it's just that maybe. If Pano gets one on one or gets into that channel, there's a bit of a, a speed that he might be giving up a bit of speed. Maybe if France go with Beal Barre, it might be even more of a concern. But you know, if if they go with Mofan on the wing, which is what we're all expecting, um, they should be able to handle that comfortably. And Nash, 
on the wing has been so good in the air for Munster that he can go after a centre playing out of position yeah, on so the wing as, as well. Yeah, so as we record, we don't have the France team yet. But just on Calvin Nash there, will his inexperience be something that the French team will go after? Ah, yeah, like I think they're going to go after Crowley and Nash no matter what because you know that's what you do you, you see the kind of the, the new faces and you see what they're up to you know and, and Nash has one cap on, under his belt um, he's played a lot of rugby for Munster he's played a lot of very good rugby in, in Europe you know he was here a couple of weeks or he was in the same neck of the woods a couple of weeks ago beating Toulon away from home winning that ball in the air against Melvin ja- or Dan Bigger and then brushing off Melvin Jaminet to, to, to go over under the post um, that's a good audition I think for Jack Crowley and Calvin Nash that game a couple of weeks ago so you know they're, they're back in Marseille um, a very different atmosphere I suppose you know a big stadium it'll be full it'll be full of French people I, you know I'm, I'm unsure as to how many Irish are going to travel it's a difficult place to get to um, it's obviously on the back of a very expensive World Cup so I think it's going to be pretty hostile. You know, the home, the heartland, the French rugby is just up the road. They're going to descend into Marseille en masse. Um, they don't get, they've never had a chance to have a Six Nations game, you know, in their neck of the woods. So I think they're going to make it a very big occasion, a very special occasion. And they're going to make it a very difficult night for Ireland in as much as they can. And when that French crowd do get on top of you, it is an assault on the senses. And, and, and in 2022, when Ireland played France in Paris, the players talked about that. How When it got into the melting pot in the last 20 minutes and Ireland did really well in that game to stay in that game, they just got a little bit frazzled and they worked a lot with Gary Keegan on their mental skills in the anticipation of being back again, potentially against France in a World Cup final. Didn't get that far, but they looked much better and able to handle the occasions in France at the World Cup. But at the World Cup, they had 50,000 Irish fans in the stadium who all waiting to sing the zombie at the end. This will be a very different, back in the same country, a really different occasion. And for Calvin Nash and for Jack Crowley, who has, you know, started against Australia in a November game and be, beaten Australia in that game. He closed out the win over South Africa um, and Scotland at the World Cup. Mm. But this is a very different atmosphere to try and handle. And if, if they do make mistakes, it's all that work that they do about getting back to neutral, not compounding errors and being able yeah, to go Yeah, so the again. rest of the back line, Hugo Keenan at full back, Nash and Lowe on the wings, Henshaw and Aki in the centre, Crowley and Jimson Gibson Park at half back. Kieran uh, Frawley has been named on the bench as well as uh, Conor Murray. You were talking about Jack Crowley there. This is going to be a melting pot. You interviewed him recently. You know, from what you we've all seen, from what you've heard from him, like, will he have that temperament? And this is a bit of the long game with his career as well. But at the same time, it is a... Sh- Biggest game of his life coming up. Yeah, I like. I think he's ready. He's 24 years old. He started week on week on week for Munster. He's endured some tough times, but he's played some beautiful rugby as well. He's been in this setup for more than a year now. He's he's shadowed Johnny Sexton. He's won nine caps. He come off the bench in big World Cup games. As I said, he started a big Test match in November against Australia on his debut. Like you know, he has he served a fairly good apprenticeship. You know, and and yes, he would maybe if you were designing this you would rather have him have 25 caps going into this and a couple more starts in big games but there's no perfect way of getting into an international rugby he's 24 now it's his 10th cap he feels comfortable in the environment Sexton's shadow has lifted I know it'll be there in some form you know everything he does will be um, compared to him but it's not like Sexton sitting in the stands and the camera's going to go on to him like the, the, the Rod Sexton dynamic years ago it's it's a 
it's a blank canvas for Jack Crowley in many ways to go and own this jersey. Like he's got Sam Prendergast coming down the tracks. He's got Harry Byrne and, and Kieran Foley behind him. But really, you couldn't say that they're, because of the way Leinster have chopped and changed, you couldn't say that they're really breathing down his, his, his collar. You know, it's, it's, it's really his championship to go and own. And if he does that and he stays fit, then he can go to South Africa in the summer and own that and really establish himself as Ireland's number 10 and say to the others, right, you've got to get up to my level. And I think he's capable of doing that. Yes, there will be mistakes. We saw it in Toulon and against Northampton. Like he kicked his, his kick off dead in that game. He, there was a touch finder, went astray. There was misconversions in a couple of the games that, that were like tough kicks, but they're the kind of kicks that if you're an international 10, that's driving the stake into the heart of your opponent. You're, you know, if Ireland get ahead, but Crowley doesn't nail the extras, it's just keeping France in the game, you know, or if they're, but if they're chasing, I think what he does bring is, I mean, we're so used to Johnny Sexton being in that jersey, but we're used to a 35, six, seven-year-old Johnny Sexton who wasn't as mobile as he was in his early days. Crowley will challenge the line himself. He'll make breaks. He'll, 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 he has a spark, um, an individual spark that maybe Sexton had it in the first half of his career, but you know, inevitably fades with age. You know, at the, towards the end against New Zealand, he was basically standing the liver. You know, it was uh, it, it, he wasn't able to do what he was able to do in his mid twenties. Whereas Crowley has all that. You know, he has he's fast. He's fast. He's able to, to to challenge the line in different ways. He'll present France with different pictures, but at the same time. You know that they're going to be sending big, big traffic down his channel. You know that he's going to have to take some punishment. But he's tough as well. He makes his tackles. He hits rooks when he has to. Um, he prides himself on that. He, I think he spoke to me in that interview about he played for Corcom one time and, and they, they, they asked him to go out in the wing to kind of hide him. And he felt got, he felt insulted by that almost and felt like it was something he had to work on. So all of that comes together now. And this is his moment. Not to say if he doesn't nail it, he won't get another chance. I think he will, but it would be lovely to see him step up you know, behind a very strong Irish pack alongside 31, 32-year-old Jemson Gibson Park inside Aki and Henshaw. Reams of experience there. It's very solid base yeah, room to no, work off. Um, so just the pack to go through it. Porter Sheen and Furlong in the front row, Byrne and McCarthy in the second row and Captain Peter Mahoney, Josh van der Fleer and Caelan Doris in the back row. Keen Healy back in there. It's amazing really after that injury that ruled him out of the World Cup. He's on 125 Ireland caps. So on the bench then it's Kelleher, Bealham, Ryan, Baird, Conan and Murray and Frawley as mentioned. As I said, we don't have the France squad but we kind of have been getting the vibes out of there. Is this a squad that will beat France, Rory, in your opinion? No, <laughs> I, I, I'd be reluctant to tip them. I, like, I think it's going to be, we, we saw at the World Cup when, when the top four teams in the world met as they were in 2023, how close those two quarterfinals were, how high quality they were, how it came down to these individual moments of, um, you know, like Ronan Keller being held up over the line or, or New Zealand working a line-out play that releases Moanga and breaks the game wide open or, you know, Bill Barre struggling under high ball and suddenly South Africa fight their way back into a game. Ches and Colby, chasing down a, a, a kick. I don't expect this to be any looser or any kind of much. I don't think the gap has, has broadened much. Obviously, there is a bit of doubt about Ireland in terms of their halfbacks, sorry, in terms of, of Crowley and, and Nash, but I don't really have huge fears about them. At the same time, I heard the point made by Tom English on the BBC podcast today. Ireland have only won in France. Sorry, again, have only beaten France away twice uh, since 2000. And both games were by two points. They needed... A, a, like a, a desperate holdout in 2014 to win the Six Nations and Johnny's drop goal in 2018, you know, last gasp, two-point win. So it's not like Ireland are ever comfortable, even when France were a poor team and they were a poor team for a lot of that period, Ireland never have been massively comfortable c- coming over to France and winning. Add in the Friday night Marseille factor, the fact that both teams were broken after the World Cup and we don't 
you know, Ireland seem like they're in really good spirits and that they've, they've gotten over that. And at the same time, we won't know that until we see them. Yeah. There's so many different factors at play. And I just think home advantage tips the balance in France's favour. Um, like I think Maxime Lucu and Matthew Jalabert coming in, they've far more experienced. You know, they, they, they have played a lot of test rugby, albeit Lucu's got a pretty two minutes at a time coming on for DuPont, but he's still a very good player who played at the World Cup. So um, they have the capacity um, with that to, to harness that home advantage to play through and over Ireland. But I like the fact that Ireland have gone 6-2. That makes it, that levels it up a little bit for me. I think it's going to be really tight. It's one of those fine margins games. But my gut is that, that you know, the home advantage will just tip the balance yeah, across favour. Well, what about you, Sinead? pressure on uh, France as well, you know, going into this one. So you've been there. I'm going to go with Ireland, I think. I'm really excited by this uh, Joe McCarthy call, I have to say. But come here, you've been down in Portugal all week. I have absolutely no sympathy for you whatsoever. Lovely weather. Uh, what has the feeling been there generally? Uh, you know, obviously, as you were saying, we won't know until game day on Saturday, you know, how they're going to pitch up. But what's the feeling been there in Portugal? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, YouTube viewers will see I'm in a. Are you going to? Yeah, are you going to get on those after we finish um, here? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, and they're departing for, yeah, for um, France now. They're they have a direct flight to Marseille. The rest of us are on a going via Lisbon, and I think the fact that they've gotten away has been good mm. for them. You know, it feels a little bit like we're back at the World Cup, albeit with a lot less cameras. The Netflix crew are in. They're they're making their presence felt, but you know, it's not as. Uh, intense um, uh, kind of me- media kind of it's a much smaller media every press conference is smaller and uh, more intimate um, certainly the mood in the camp seems to be quite upbeat um, just seeing the, the players around the place they, they hang out at this kind of the campus mm. it's this kind of high-end sports facility in the Algarve that they and they you know you just there just does seem to be a lightness around the mood I think they're glad to be back in camp with each other. I think they really like this environment. I happened to just walk by the team room yesterday when they were doing their meeting, as they, I think Farrell was naming the team, and there was just guffaws of laughter coming out, you know. So um, that's all I could hear, regardless. Of, I, I, I couldn't hear anything else, but I could hear that the room seemed to be in very good spirits. So whether that counts for much, I do think that it's always been a happy camp mm. under Andy Farrell, and I think they're they're very confident. They like being back here and... and they still feel like there's lot, lots to achieve yeah. with this team, you know. So it's a, it's an older team. Like there's a lot of players in their early 30s who, who will have question marks hanging over them about the next World Cup. So they're trying to get as much out of this jersey as possible in the next year or two. And um, I think the Friday night factor, the fact that it is France, the World Cup final that never was, all that, that, that sort of thing is feeding into them being um, in, like in a pretty confident mood. I think if they've... they've, they've I don't think they feel like they did a lot wrong against New Zealand. I don't. They, I think France maybe will be more rattled by the defeat to South Africa in in, in that way, and that they squandered something there. Like Ireland, were, you know, mm-hmm. they know what went wrong, but it wasn't fundamental. It's not like they fell apart. Like four years ago, they'd just mm-hmm. been hockeyed. You know, eight years ago, they'd just been hockeyed in a World Cup quarter final. This is slightly different. So, can we ban one um, phrase though, Rory, between believe- now and Friday? Can we ban uh, the World Cup final that's never been? I do not want to hear that phrase again. <laughs> I'm moving on from it. No. I'm like Andy Farrell. I'm moving on from the World Cup. <laughs> no, no. Not as we go back to France. We, um, we're recording our podcast again. It's going to feel very World Cup again. A, a little bit cooler. I think it's going to be. A, like the, I think the conditions yeah. are good. I think it's going to be a really good game. So um, it's it's no. I'm not. No, you, you can try and banish today, but you, you, you we, we're free to say what we want. But like, it, it's fair enough. Like you know, it is the start of a new cycle. But it feels yeah. because of the way Farrell is selected, it does feel like 
the World Cup squad essentially has just kind of got the band together again with a couple of new faces. But you're right, McCarthy's really exciting. Crowdy's very exciting. Nash, there's a bit of change in there. The 6-2, I think, is really interesting yeah. to see how Ireland manage that. Will they stick to it? Will they go 7-1? Will Jack Nienaber's influence filter through? So um, there's a lot to... There's lot to, like, to, to a lot of interest in this game. I, I felt the build-up has been a bit low-key this week. I'm not sure if the public have... I've had people being surprised that it's on Friday night. They didn't really realise that the, that the game was on, was on really, you know, because maybe that World Cup hangover has, has kind of spread into the public. But I think by the time we get to Friday evening, um, this game will capture the imagination. And it's a great way to start the tournament, albeit... I'm not sure what's left after it's over. If I'm feeling that the team who wins this yeah, game no, wins the tournament. Well, um, thanks for that. Uh, safe trip to Marseille and enjoy your gym workout there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See you there. Uh, well, we are going to be in Marseille tomorrow. We're going to be doing another podcast after the captain's run and press conference at the Stade Vélodrome. So do keep an eye out for that. We'll have all the latest from there. Thanks for listening. <laughs>